From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Before we get into this Super Stack show, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. If you don't already, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod, and on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. You don't want to miss out on everything that's coming to the YouTube. We've been gone for a little bit, but we are back and we're going to be coming in strong. Pause. We're going to have a great, great episode here today with the Wrestling Glory Podcast. We're going to be talking about the landscape of professional wrestling from every major company. My thoughts on everything that's going down. We're talking about tonight's AEW Dynamite and the huge news coming out of Ring of Honor earlier in the day. Without further ado, let's get into the Super Stack Show right now. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We got the old school format going on tonight. We are shooting this right after AEW Dynamite. It was a special Halloween edition of AEW Dynamite, which not only benefited the show, but also hurt the show because, in my opinion, I was not feeling that main event. Too much stupidity and comedy, but we're going to talk about that later on. First, let's talk about the breaking news that happened earlier today. Ring of Honor announced that they are going on hiatus after the final battle pay-per-view this December all the way into the second quarter of 2022. They're going on hiatus to April 2022. And with that, they announced that they are going to be releasing everybody from their contract. Every single member of the Ring of Honor roster and staff has been officially released by Ring of Honor. They are free to work wherever they want to work. That means we could get people from ROH in WWE, MLW, AEW, MLW. I said that twice. NWA, New Japan Pro Wrestling. The possibilities are endless. This is a sad, sad day for professional wrestling. Ring of Honor is about to go into its 20th year. This is not the type of news that you want coming out of a company about to make 20 years old in this business. So many great stars, so many modern day legends came out of Ring of Honor, such as the Samoa Joe, CM Punk, um, Brian Danielson, the list goes on and on. Adam Cole, 
Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. I could go on and on and on. They have developed stars for every major company in professional wrestling today. They have made many, many legends in that company, many great moments in that company. I love Ring of Honor. I am so sad to hear that they're going on hiatus because there is a strong, strong possibility that this is not just a hiatus and they don't come back. And if that's the case, nobody wins. If a promotion goes out of business, it is one less place where wrestlers can apply their craft and make a living in this industry on professional wrestling. And let me just say, Ring of Honor is a company with rich, rich history. Not only the wrestlers that they made, not only the moments that they had, but just Ring of Honor has been known as the top independent for the last 20 years. Ring of Honor has held that stand. They held that tight, that grip, that hold on the independent scene. It's just really sad. I'm about to read you the statement that Ring of Honor put out today, right now. And we'll dive a little deep into it. So the statement from Ring of Honor is as follows. Quote, throughout the pandemic, our top priority was keep to keep everyone healthy and safe. And despite not producing any live events over 18 months, we were able to keep everyone fully contracted. We now find ourselves at a time where we need to make changes to our business operations and our planning and are planning a pivot of Ring of Honor with a new mission and strategy. The year will culminate with a final battle in December and we will be taking the first quarter of 2022 to work initially to reimagine ROH. ROH has the most dedicated fans in the industry and we appreciate their loyalty and patience as we reconceptualize ROH. We anticipate returning to live events in April for the Supercard of Honor with a new fan-focused product and provide a unique experience for wrestling fans. That sounds great if it's true. But releasing the entire roster tells me that's not true. If this was true, Ring of Honor will honor everybody's contract and let them work elsewhere until April 2022. If everybody is released, there may not be a roster in 2022 to come back to. And it's very sad. But what this means is, like I said, wrestlers could go elsewhere. I'm already chomping at the bits for a Briscoe Brothers versus FTR match. I would love to see Brody King inside of AEW teaming up with Malachi Black. I would love to see Jay Lethal in the WWE finally earning that spot. I would love to see Danhausen in AEW working with the likes of Orange Cassidy. There's so many possibilities, but it just comes at the expense of a wrestling company possibly going out of business and not just any wrestling company, but the top independent for the last 20 years. It is sad. It is a sad, sad day. Now, I was going to go down in order because since it's been over three weeks since I had a fucking show, there's been a lot going on. I relapsed in my pneumonia and I was in the hospital for a long time these past couple weeks. Not only was I in the hospital, but my baby's about to be born. So there's been a lot of shit on my table right now. And the podcast is also on a new network. So we've been going through changes there too. But I am back and I was going to go down the list, which I still will, and talk about my opinion on every wrestling company out right now. And Ring of Honor was on that list. And it's hard to make an assumption. It's hard to make an opinion about Ring of Honor, about the current product of ROH, knowing what's going on right now. 
knowing that the whole roster is white clean. Ring of Honor legends like the Briscoe brothers may not be there anymore. So I'm going to do just that right now. That's my opinion on ROH, I guess. Also, let, let, let's, let's get into the WWE. Right now, the WWE is fresh off the draft. The season premiere. We got a new show for SmackDown. New roster for SmackDown, I should say. New roster for Raw. And lately, the WWE has been quite good. SmackDown's been firing on all cylinders. Roman Reigns is still the top guy in the industry right now. He is doing amazing as a champion. Raw is doing really well as well this past week. The main event, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Rey Mysterio, and Finn Balor put on one hell of a four-way ladder match main event. Really good matchup. WWE has been putting on a lot better matchups. WWE has really stacked out the Raw roster. WWE has been doing a lot of good, so there's a lot less negativity around that product right now. Um, NXT, I still really am trying hard to get into the show. I did enjoy last night's NXT. It was a pretty good show. The main event went really well, even though I was kind of confused because I thought that they were going to give the pro- the champion to Braun Breaker. I think Braun Breaker is going to be a million-dollar talent in this industry in the future. But definitely, Tommaso Ciampa, you can't go wrong with him either. He's a great, great champion. He always has been a great, great champion. But the NXT product has been a little hard to get into when there's so many new faces that you have to recognize and you have to remember and you have to remember names. And it's just a lot to you know deal with right now. I was a fan of Mandy Rose winning the title. Shouts to Mandy Rose. She's reimagined herself here on NXT and put on a really good show. So... NXT 2.0 still needs some work. I enjoyed the Halloween Havoc show, though. Shouts to Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa. The WWE overall right now is doing well. The Crown Jewel pay-per-view was phenomenal. That that definitely was their best Saudi Arabia show. I was surprised that I was that much into Goldberg and Bobby Lashley. The Hell in a Cell match between Edge and Seth Rollins was phenomenal. Really good shit coming out of the WWE. I'm happy and I'm excited for where that product goes. AEW. AEW's been firing on all cylinders also. Now, the ratings may not show what I think it should because right now the AEW show's been really well. I enjoyed both uh, episodes of Saturday Night Dynamite two weeks in a row. I enjoyed both uh, Rampages that coincide with those weeks. You know, the matchup between Minoru Suzuki and Brian Danielson was freaking phenomenal. I really enjoyed CM Punk and Matt Seidel. I really enjoyed Bobby Fish and Lee Moriarty. I really enjoyed Pac versus Andrade too. Really good shit coming out of AEW right now. I'm going to talk about this uh, tonight's show. I think it was a very, very weak episode of Dynamite tonight. Let's just get into it right now. Dynamite Tonight took place from Boston, Massachusetts. It was a special holiday episode. uh, Halloween episode, I should say. Started out hot. We had CM Punk with Bobby Fish. They put on a really good matchup. CM Punk gets the victory. Malachi Black cut a good promo. MJF versus the Jobber, which led to MJF talking shit about Boston and Darby Allin. He calls out Hangman and Kenny says whoever wins, he's the next champion. Uh, Sting music hits, but it's a prank. The lights go out. Again, it's a video package for Darby. Sting is in the ring. He clears house. Darby's in the crowd. He chases off MJF. He hits Wardlow with a thumbtack skateboard. Really good shit there. Um, 
Ethan Page versus Sammy Guevara, AEW TNT title match. Really good matchup. I enjoyed that matchup. Um, Inner Circle cut a promo afterwards. It will be a five-on-five, ten-man street fight at Full Gear. Uh, Tony Schiavone had a really good interview with Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston, really hyping up their match for Rampage this Friday. Serena Deeb and Yukaro Shida had an awesome match, match of the night in my opinion. They put on a hell of a match. This was a TBS title tournament matchup. Yukaro Shida picks up the victory. 10 versus John Moxley was an absolute squash. If they want to really build up 10, they destroyed him tonight. John Moxley destroys 10, rips up, rips up his mask and all that. Cody Rose cuts a good promo. He cut a very heartfelt promo. You could tell that he really meant every word he said. It wasn't like a John Cena robotic promo, but you could tell that Cody Rhodes meant it. You could boo him. You could love him. It doesn't matter. He's still going to wrestle for the heart, from the heart for the people. He's then interrupted by Andrade. Andrade then is joined by Malachi Black. They jump Cody. Pac makes the save. It looks like we're getting Cody and Andrade next week. It looks like we may be getting Cody and Pac versus Andrade and Malachi. They've been building up to that for the last couple weeks. Whether that's at the pay-per-view, whether that's, you know, whether we get that on Dynamite and then we get Pac versus Malachi and Andrade versus Cody at the pay-per-view. It's going to be interesting to see. But the main event put a poor taste in my mouth. I know it was a holiday, Halloween episode, but to have everybody do these comedy spots, you got... Uh, John Silver dressed up as Bambi. You had the fucking Elite dressed up as the, um, the Ghostbusters. Like, all this shit's good and fun, and it's comedy, ha-ha shit. But this is not a way you main event. This is not a way you end the show. On top of that, Kenny Omega looked like an absolute fucking chump in this matchup. Kenny Omega is your current AEW champion, and he looked like a fucking chump in this matchup. Taking moves from Johnny Hungy and getting fucking destroyed for most of this. Got very little offense in. And that's not how you want to fucking build up your champion heading into a pay-per-view, no less. Like, are you serious? I was going to say, in the last couple weeks, Kenny Omega has been getting a lot of... Well, he hasn't been on the show much. And then when he is, it's a lot of comedy shit. And it's like, come on. At, at what point do you put Kenny on the show and make him the fucking star of the show. He's your world champion. And he may be losing that champion against uh, Hangman Page. When Hangman Page came back, he had the crowd pop. He had all the momentum. All the momentum that he had before he left was right back there. And then we haven't seen much of Hangman and Kenny interact after that. So it's like, I know we have a couple weeks to the pay-per-view, but let's get this shit going. Let's start building up this feud. Let's get the fucking fiery promos. Let's do all that shit because it's not the way you do this shit. This comedy, ha-ha shit, dressed up as the Ghostbusters is not the way you end a show. I don't know. It just put a bad taste in my mouth. And it really took the show down a couple notches for me. I enjoyed everything on the show up until that moment. But it is what it is. I give this episode of AEW a 2.5 out of 5 stars. But that's where AEW is. You know, Tony Khan been very vocal lately. Eric Bischoff has been taking shots at Tony Khan for how vocal he is. Tony Khan has been swindling his his fucking narrative of oh we win we beat SmackDown in the demographics of fourteen to or eighteen to forty eight whatever the fucking demographic is. You know if you really want to brag about the numbers if you really want to brag about your ratings if you really want to brag about how great your show is, 
you got to deliver. Now, I am not going to say AEW doesn't deliver because the past couple weeks, I think AEW has been putting on a stellar product. And I'm a huge AEW fan. Hell, people come on here and they, they fucking call me biased towards AEW all the fucking time. And I'm a huge AEW fan, but I'm going to be the first to call it out. If you're going to be on the radio, if you're going to be on Twitter, and you're going to talk all this shit about how much your product is better than the WWE, and WWE Raw just had one hell of a fucking ladder match between Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and Rey Mysterio, and you have the Ghostbusters versus Cowboys and Bambi and Cosplay, if I'm tuning in for the first time, I'm going to probably not know what the fuck this is, feel a little stupid for watching it, and turn it the fuck off. And that's that's not what you want. Like, if you're going to talk shit, back it up. And this isn't backing it up. CM Punk has not main evented one show, and he is your biggest draw. CM Punk has not been in one feud, and he is your biggest draw. Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston. I understand why it should be on Rampage, but that is the biggest match for this week, and watch it open up Rampage. I would have been totally fine if CM Punk versus Bobby Fish was the main event of tonight, and you put on this comedy match in the opening match. There's a place, and there's a time for it. Dressing up for Halloween, there's a time for it. This right now, it would have worked a lot better if it was opening the show up. Open the show up with a little comedy, a little high spot, spot monkey action, that's fine. But to end Dynamite like this. Now, the crowd was going crazy. That's because the crowd goes crazy for flips and dips, you know what I mean? I personally am I don't know I would have loved this if this was just a elite versus dark order match we could have kept all the comedy spots at home we could have kept Michael Nakazawa dressed up as a giant fat baby I'm sure that's a reference from the Ghostbusters could have left that at home the, ju- the fucking horse the state puff man so much comedy on AEW. And it's not good comedy. If the comedy was funny. But th- see that's the thing. Like I'm sure this is what the Young Bucks find funny. I'm sure this is what Kenny Omega finds funny. It's not. It's not. You have a much better roster than this. You have a much better Potential than this. And the Dark Order. The Dark Order needs to change. The, the comedy out of the Dark Order is not funny either, in my opinion. Now, I, I understand why they became babyfaces after the death of Brody Lee. Breath in peace, Brody Lee. But at one point, do you make these guys serious contenders? John Silver and Alex Reynolds is a hell of a tag team. At what point are they seriously contenders for the tag team champions? And not, haha, comedy, I'm dressing up as Bambi. 
at what point is Colt Cabana not in the background? At what point do you say, all right, we're going to make them serious again? Because I thought that's what they were going when they had the division in the Dark Order. I thought that they were leading to a more serious Dark Order. Like, I, I don't get this. I, I don't get this Dark Order. I don't get this vision of them being haha comedy. They could be baby faces. They could do comedy. Like they let, let them do their comedy, but fuck, like when do they turn it up a notch? When do they say, Alright, but tonight, all jokes aside, we're coming for gold. We're coming for the young buck's head. Nah, instead, I'ma dress up as Bambi, you'll dress up as Brandon Cutler. We'll have Kratos from God of War. Let, let's let's just be all cosplay nerds and geeks, and let's just fucking, you know, jizz all over the fucking wrestling industry tonight. And that's coming from somebody who loves AEW. So for anyone who says I'm an AEW hater, go fuck yourself, all right? I'm going to tell you firsthand how I feel on this fucking show. I fucking love AEW. But this show, the show could have been a hundred times better without that match. So let's move on from AEW. What's next on the list? Ring of Honor. I, was, I already told you my opinions on Ring of Honor. Let's talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Japan Pro Wrestling coming off of the G1. Kazuchika Okada has won the G1. You know, very underwhelmed. No disrespect to anybody in the G1. The G1 is always a hell of a tournament. It just seemed like getting Okada versus Ibushi in the end, I just wanted something a little fresh, you know? I'm not I'm not coming off as a hater to every company now. Like, I know I just went on my rant. I sound like a fucking e-drone, right? I, I praise the WWE, but if you know, if you know, you know. Most of the time, I'm shitting all over the WWE. So don't fucking, oh, you're just a WWE apologist. You're just a WWE mark. Shut the fuck up. I am no e-drone, trust me. And I'm no AEW apologist. I tell you how it is. I am not a hater. I just think, in my opinion, you know, as for New Japan Pro Wrestling, huge Okada mark over here. I, I love Ibushi. I love Okada. Just, you know, I like to see the G1 make new stars. When Kenny Omega won the G1, it was a big, big deal. When you had Kota Ibushi win the G1, it was a star-making deal. When, in 2012, Carl Anderson main-evented and finaled the G1, but lost to Nakamura, it was a big deal. Having someone like Carl Anderson in that spot. I feel like I kind of called Okada... Winning this. Okada has main evented the last 900 Wrestle Kingdoms, you know. We're going to probably be getting Okada versus Shingo, and that's going to be one hell of a match, but something a little fresh would have been interesting, you know. It would have been interesting. Not saying I'm not excited for Okada, but that's where I'm at with New Japan. Impact Wrestling coming off of a... Great Bound for Glory pay-per-view. Impact Wrestling had a great Bound for Glory pay-per-view. 
Josh Alexander defeated Christian Cage for the Impact Wrestling Champion and instantly lost it to Moose, who called his spot in the main event there by winning the Call Your Spot or Name Your Shot, whatever it is, Battle Royal, earlier in the night. Moose is now your Impact Wrestling Champion. It came at the expense of Josh Alexander, but Moose should have been champion a long time ago. Really happy that he's finally in that spot. This week on Impact Wrestling, we're going to be getting Minoru Suzuki versus Josh Alexander. That's going to be fucking awesome. Minoru Suzuki in Impact Wrestling. It has been announced that Impact Wrestling and AEW are no longer in a partnership. The partnership is over. And I think that is going to definitely not benefit Impact Wrestling. Having guys like Christian Cage and Kenny Omega on your show definitely brought the show up a notch. But, I mean, who knows? Now with the Ring of Honor roster being fair game, Impact Wrestling could revitalize their roster like this. They could be, they could bring in the Briscoe Brothers, Dalton Castle, Jay Lethal. They could bring in all these top guys, and you could have a real good product. Their product is already good. If you add to that and you add to that roster, think about the Briscoes on Impact. Think about... Uh, Brody King on Impact, Homicide back on Impact, Tony Deppin on Impact, Dalton Castle on Impact. You could definitely do something with that. Danhausen on Impact. So Impact Wrestling is in a position to revitalize the roster. Two members that were expected to be on that roster that did not end up on that roster as of yet was Braun Strowman, a.k.a. Adam Shear, and Bray Wyatt. Both were expected to make their debut at Bound for Glory. It was not teased officially by Impact Wrestling, but it was teased all over the news sites that Braun Strowman may be making his Impact Wrestling debut at Bound for Glory. That did not happen. Now, it was a little disappointing. I wanted to see Braun Strowman there, but hopefully, you know, the talks are not falling through. Hopefully, we still get Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt in Impact Wrestling. It'll re- those two guys are needle movers. Those two guys could take your promotion and bring in a couple thousand or a couple hundred thousand viewers. If I hear Bray Wyatt is creatively free on Impact Wrestling, I'm tuning in to Access TV every Thursday. So Impact Wrestling is in a state where they could really benefit right now from the free roster, the free agency right now. They could really take their roster to the next level where they wouldn't need an AEW partnership to be an elite, no pun intended, roster. MLW, MLW has a lot of good shit going on right now. We had the big showdown, the final, it finally happened, the matchup between Jacob Fatu and Alexander Hammerstone, which led to Jacob Fatu's 800 plus day reign coming to an end to the hammer Alexander Hammerstone that was a really good matchup it feels like a restart for MLW I'm excited to see where MLW goes GCW shouts to GCW GCW's firing on all cylinders right now everything they do is gold I cannot wait for January for GCW to run the Hammerstein ballroom God willing they they sell the shit out they announced today that Ring of Honor champion Bandito is going to be on their roster. They already have the Briscoe brothers who won the GCW Tag Team Champions. So, it looks like they are already, already making the rounds with the 
ROH roster, and they're already bringing in guys. They brought in the top tag team in ROH history with the Briscoes. They brought in the Ring of Honor world champion with Bandito. Who's next for GCW? I'm a huge GCW fan, and I only wish the best for them. So yeah, that that's the state of the wrestling industry, and that's my opinion. I tried to catch up on everything. I tried to catch up on things that I missed since I've been in the hospital with pneumonia. I try to catch up on everything. Starting soon, though, we're going to be back on a weekly basis. We're going to be talking about more. We'll be more up-to-date, talk about the current product here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Before I leave, I want to give a big shout-out to the Dirty Heels. Congratulations to two years, y'all. I appreciate you guys. Shout-out to the Dirty Heels. Check out their podcast, a great podcast. Shout-out to Kenneth Stones, a.k.a. Kofi Wheatston, a.k.a. Book of Trees, and the good brother both. I appreciate y'all. Congratulations on two years. Have a great day, y'all. Have a great day tomorrow. Enjoy your Thursday. Enjoy your Friday. We'll be back here Friday with more of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on Twitter at Wrestling, well, W underscore DeLorean Pod. And follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Stay safe, stay positive, stay strong. One love. Peace the fuck out. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 